2: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 91 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host Joey Coastman. It's the two usual suspects this week. It's me and Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good Joey, how are you? Very good my friend, very good. Right, there's quite a few fights to go over so we're going to dive straight into part one. Part one, of course, if you haven't listened before, it's the review part where we review the fights from last week. We're going to start with a card. Just one fight to mention on this one. It happened at the Fraternity Club. In New South Wales, Australia. One fight really to mention over here. Sakio Bika. He moved to 33 wins. He's got 7 losses and 3 draws. He also picked up the vacant WBC Asian Boxing Council Continental middleweight title. That's a mouthful. Uh, he took on Luke Sharp there. He picked up a TKO in round 7. Luke Sharp now... 14 and six with three draws. Good to see Sakio back in the ring, I suppose. Though moving over now to the Copper Box Arena in the UK, obviously London Hackney Wick. I was actually at this card ringside. Um, there's a few fights to mention. The first one I want to start with was a fight that's not, you know, it's not on box record at all. It was, as they say, it was a exhibition fight. Um, so that basically means that. You know, it's it's like an unofficial fight kind of thing. The the two competitors. The fight is not on their records, it doesn't count towards their records, so it's almost as if it didn't happen. Um it was basically Huey Fury. He took on Camille Sokolowski. Um Camille Sokolowski just recently uh you know, become the first man to defeat big sexy Sean Turner. So um yeah it was you know it was going to be quite interesting now i've never seen an exhibition fight live and Huey fury got in there um the reason why it had to be an exhibition fight rather than a proper you know a proper fight was the simple reason that um, the the WBO basically said for Huey to remain mandatory to face Joseph Parker he couldn't have a proper fight so it's a bit silly really but anyway he got in there he played a round to be completely honest for most of the fight it was a six rounder and you know over the six rounds he would have picked up a points win but again because it's an exhibition they didn't even announce a winner so at the end of the fight they basically just said right everybody please give a round of applause for both men and there was no clear winner but Yeah, Huey Fury was just playing around, to be honest, and first time I've really seen him do it, but he was switch hitting a lot, he was going in Southpaw quite a lot as well, so yeah, that's all I can really say about that one, but um, yeah, decent to to see Huey back in the ring, even if it wasn't a proper fight. So to speak, it's good to see him in the ring. He's been out the ring for quite a while, and um, you know that would have been invaluable there before his world title challenge against a man that we'll be speaking to later on in the show, Joseph Parker. Right, moving down that bill or up that bill, however you want to call it, I'm going to now go over to the fight um, that that included Archie Sharp. Now, Archie Sharp was on the bill against a man called Norbert Kaluxa. Um Archie Sharp's a man that. I've been pretty high on for quite a while. He's been on the show before as well. Now, Archie Sharp picked up another first round KO. Um, you know, it was from a body shot as well. He really digs deep in the body, Archie Sharp, and it's always good to see young prospects do that. Uh, the, the the guy he took on, he got back up from the, from the knockdown and was immediately on the end of a barrage of punches. And the referee jumped in possibly t- a tiny bit early, but no complaints from me. Archie you know, kept switching stances, orthodox to Southpaw as well, which I don't really think I've seen him do before, and um, I wasn't too sure about his re-music, didn't really like that, but you know, he came out and fought his heart out, so um, really good performance there from Archie Sharp, always a pleasure to watch him fight a young prospect coming up. Also on the bill, Sanjeev Sohota, he moved to 8-0 and with a points win over Luka Leskovic, a journeyman there, but a good win there for Sanjeev Sohota, now 8-0 and points win over 4 Rounds Also on the bill. Daniel Dubois, 3-0 with three knockouts, took on Maurizio Barragan, 15-1. Good record on paper, but I don't think he really fought anybody. Um, it was a late replacement as well, he was supposed to be taking on a guy, if I'm not mistaken, who was 5-0. And it was for the vacant WBC Youth World Heavyweight title. Um, not too sure how much credibility that title actually holds, but... What I will say is, it was a late replacement. You know, the, the belt was still on the line, and Daniel Dubois. Uh, he went into that second round. He put his man down in the first round uh, with with a with a right hand, and also it was the very first punch of the bout as well. Which you know, that's that's never a good sign. But no, he got to his boxing. He looked pretty good. He didn't really take a shot again, and. Um, Yeah, you know, he landed a great shot to the body in the second round and that was all she wrote. So another explosive performance there from... DDD, they call him now. Triple D. I think it's Dangerous Daniel Dubois or Dynamite Daniel Dubois. Either way, he's got both in abundance. Also on the bill, I'm going to move up the bill once again. We're going to now go to the Asenia Byfield fight. He took on Sammy McNess. Asenia Byfield 12-1, and Sammy McNess 7-0. and It was for the Southern Area Super Welterweight title, so that was uh, Asenia Byfield's belt. Now, Sammy McNess is a guy that, you know, he's, he's an up-and-coming prospect. He was the man who was putting they're supposed to win, but it was a step up in class. It really was. And Sammy McNess, who we know is a really good boxer, he was really in, you know, untested waters, if you like, in this fight. And Asinia Byfield was fighting at a really, really high pace. And it was a pace that McNess wasn't used to. So when Byfield set that high pace, it was you know it was it was very hard for McNess to get comfortable with it it was very much out of his comfort zone i don't think he's got the quickest hands and you know the movement from byfield he just kept you know he just kept frustrating uh, McNess and basically McNess ran out of steam pretty early, but it was expected because of the high pace that Byfield has set. And um, Byfield displayed some um, unbelievable stamina. You know, he just didn't look tired at all. He kept switch hitting, throwing a wide variety of shots to the body, to the head, all sorts of different shots. He hurt McNess several times. I can't remember which round it was, but there was a round that for me is a contender for round of the year. The momentum kept changing every ten seconds. It was it was McNess, It was uh, it was Byfield. It was back to McNess, It was back to Byfield. It was a really good round. Um, I've told people about it. They've watched it back on TV and said it wasn't as good as what I said. So um, maybe just being there. Maybe I got caught up in you know in in, in the uh, in the atmosphere and all that. But no, it was a really good really good round for me. And, um, you know, it was it was a really good fight as well. Ultimately, Mark Tibbs threw the towel in. And for me, it could have actually been stopped earlier. Now, it went down as a TKO in round five in favour of a senior byfield. He's now 13-1. and He successfully retains the Southern Area Super Welterweight title. Sammy McNess picks up his first career loss. He's now 7-1. and And after the fight, there's no way to mince our words or to beat around the bush about it. There was simply a riot um, all the I think it well some people are trying to blame Byfield now Byfield's a bit of a flashy character he's exciting we do like to see those characters inboxing. it can work and it can't work it depends it, it really can go either way now I think he kind of got on the nerves of the West Ham supporters that were there because there was a lot of football fans there. Because obviously, you know, Sammy McNess has kind of marketed himself on being a West Ham fan, so he's got loads of the West Ham supporters and the diehards there to support him. Now, I don't know if it was a gesture that Byfield made in his celebration after he got the win, but it just sent West Ham fans absolutely crazy, and they all come bombing it down the steps. Met up with a bunch of uh, I'm going to probably guess Byfield fans, and the Byfield fans were completely outnumbered. Um, beers were flying every everywhere. I remember actually Sam Mcness ended up with a bit of beer on his head um, in the ring. Someone threw a beer in the ring. Beers were flying everywhere. Punches were flying everywhere. People getting knocked out. There was blood. It was pretty. Um, it was pretty wild. There's actually a YouTube video on 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 the, on the internet, and it's a 12 minute video. It kicks off like three times in 12 minutes, and there wasn't enough security to contain it. The the security experience. Some of those guys I've never seen doing security before at any shows. They were there, and you know the the security just couldn't contain the issue. So it was just getting out of hand. And in the end, Mark Tibbs actually picked up the microphone from the MC and started you know swearing and shouting, saying every. Everybody needs to calm down. There's women and children there. I actually saw a man have to climb into the ring with his son just to kind of stay out of the danger zone. And that was quite sickening to see that. You don't expect that at a boxing match, you don't expect that at an, at an event, any kind of event really, where people are paying hard earned money to have a good night. You know, and it it was it was it really left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouth. So, um yeah I'm not blaming Byfield whatsoever I'm not blaming Sammy McNess but I just think those supporters you know they showed some serious um, immaturity and uh, you know there's no there's no place for that in boxing at all so um yeah sad scenes really to be honest but um you know, other than that, it was a really good night. Also, Darryl Williams took on Jermaine Smile. The first time they thought it was a really good fight. It was candidate for fight of the year. Uh, Darryl Williams fifteen and zero going into this. Jermaine Smile fourteen and five with two draws. The English super middleweight title was on the line. Leon Mackenzie was sitting next to me for this fight. He was actually um you know keeping his eye on, on, on the fight at all times. He had a he had a keen eye on that fight. He definitely, you know, fancies himself against the winner. Now smiles down from a right in the third round Um, we all expected a bomb burner for me it was like the first fight in many ways where there was a lot of back and forth but for me i thought that williams won it yet again and i i knew he'd win on points i I really thought um, he'd, he'd win that fight on points probably even clearer than he did last time and that did seem to be the case um, but, you know, that's that's it for that one. Hopefully there's not a third fight. I don't really think it needs it. But a really good fight there and a good win there for Darryl Williams. Now 16-0. and 0, We saw him in the corner with Ricky Hatton, who he's only just linked up with. That seemed to work pretty well. Also on the bill, Bradley Skeet took on Dale Evans. Bradley Skeet 26-1. and 1. Dale Evans 13-3 and 3 with two draws. We know that Dale Evans obviously was the man that um, fought Mike Tao. And then Mike Tao the following day passed away. Um he went into this fight very emotional, Dale Evans. He wanted to win that British title, not just for himself, but also in the memory of Mike Tow. But it just wasn't to be his night. Bradley Skeet picks up his third defense of the British World to title now, so he's won the belt outright. Um it wasn't a fantastic display from Skeet. Maybe he looked he, you know, maybe he overlooked Evans a little bit. Uh, he wasn't really putting combinations together, but he did actually tell me that Evans has got this reputation of being a bit of a puncher, so he didn't really stay in the pocket for too long. He seemed to be fighting very cautiously, but I suppose he had a good enough reason, seeing it was you know his third defense, and he's now won the belt outright by by fighting like that. He showed tremendous you know tremendous jabs, which which we always see Bradley Skeet showcase many times in that fight, but he walked into. Quite a few big right hooks swung in by Evans, which, you know, there was a few rocky moments there for Ski, But all in all, a wide, unanimous decision win and a perfect time to ditch the British Championship status. And Chase, world honours. It's, uh, it's a great time for him. I did say that to him the other week. I think he was on last week's show. Also on the bill, Gary Corcoran took on Larry Acondeo. Larry Acondeo, 12-0. and 0. Gary Corcoran, 16-1. and 1. It was for the vacant WBO Intercontinental welterweight title. Um, Ekendale and Corcoran it was a close fight a few butts from Corcoran to be honest uh, he knows how to fight dirty and grid it out very tough and and um, you know the the way he fights he kind of overwhelms his opponents a little bit but no I'm really happy for him he becomes um, a hard fight for anyone domestically British or, or maybe even uh, European level at welterweight you know he, he seems like he's going to be a bit of a handful at welterweight I'd like to see him in there with a few other guys Um you know, with with Bradley Skeet now looking like he's he's gonna give up the British, it, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there for Gary Corcoran. I'm sure he'd he'd jump at that. Um, there was a little commotion actually after the fight between him and Liam Williams, who was sitting ringside. I was talking to Liam Williams just after that. But um, yeah, it sets up a, a few good fights there at well to Wait for Gary Corcoran. Really good guy. Another friend of the show. I felt a little bit bad for Larry Ekendayo. He's a really, really, really good fighter. I saw him fight excellently as well. And um, yeah, it was a good fight. It was a split decision win over 12 rounds there. So one judge saw it completely different to the other two. One judge gave it to Ekendayo. Two judges to Gary Corcoran. Um, that's it there, I do. I do just want to say the Daryl Williams fight. I forgot to say it was a majority decision for Daryl Williams. One judge had it a draw. A lot of people weren't very happy with that decision. And now the main event, a man that we're going to be speaking to in well, in just a little moment, I suppose, just after we've got through the review part, a man that we've spoken to a few times on this show as well, Anthony Yard. He fought the WBO European Light Heavyweight Champion Richard Barangi, who had a record of 18 and 1 with 12 knockouts. So, more knockouts than Anthony Yard had had fights. Anthony Yard, it was really um, a typical Anthony Yard performance, really a first round KO. Uh, in my honest opinion I think the guy did really well to get up the first time he got put down with a seriously um big right hand he went down and I thought that's it you know it's curtains for him but he got back up so I give him a bit of credit and then you know Anthony Yard did the business and got him out of there in the first round he looked really really good so I'm very pleased for him and we'll be speaking to him in a few moments moving over now to Scotland at the Brayhead Arena really big fight on as well it kind of went under the radar a little bit but it was on terrestrial TV um I'm going to start with the undercard first. though. Chantel Cameron one and O. She took on Bojana Libzuska, who actually had a record of five and twenty-two. We're going to let her off, obviously, because you know it's, it's just a second pro fight. Now, Chantel Cameron got in there against this lady, who you know she's a well, she's not a journeyman; she's a journey woman, I suppose, five and twenty-two. But she'd never been stopped in the 22 losses. Well, that all changed. Chantelle Cameron picked up a TKO in round four. It was scheduled for six. And that's a fantastic win there for Chantelle Cameron. Really, really good. Very, very pleased for her. She's certainly made a statement there. Also on the undercard, Stephen Simmons. He was in a six-rounder against Lucas Rusowicz. Funny enough, he didn't make the weight, so it was actually a heavyweight. You know, there wasn't a belt on the line, obviously, or anything like that. So... That's why it was that heavyweight. It's not like he's just been binge eating. Um, Yeah, so Stephen Simmons, a guy that I quite like. uh, He took on Lucas Rosawicz, 22 and 30. Stephen Simmons, 16 and 2. Rosawicz was actually DQ'd in the final round. It was a six-rounder, and he was DQ'd in the final round. Rosawicz who had already had two points deducted for persistent fouling, was actually disqualified for hitting on the break in the sixth and final round. So a bit silly from him. Another win there for Stephen Simmons. He's now 17-2. and I'd like to see him in some of those juicy domestic clashes as well. And now top of the bill, Josh Taylor, 9-0, and took on O'Hara Davies, 15-0. and It was for the Commonwealth Super Lightweight title and the WBC Silver Super Lightweight title. So both men put in a belt on the line. Now, Davies was down to uh, to, to a shot in the third round. I think it was a jab, actually, which was quite shocking. Uh, So he got jabbed and he took a knee in the third round. And it was literally with about five seconds left in the round. So that was a huge round there for Josh Taylor, a 10-8 round. Um, And I thought O'Hara was doing okay in that round as well, so it was a bit of a shame he kind of threw it around. And then, obviously, in the seventh, he got put down with a right hand, O'Hara Davies, and then he got back up. Again, he took, I think it was a jab, maybe, from Josh Taylor, like he kind of ran in. After he'd got up and, you know, the referee had dusted off his gloves and said, fight on, Uh, Josh Taylor, I think he just landed a jab. I'm sure it was just a jab, if I can remember correctly. And O'Hara just turned away and, and, you know, motioned his glove as if, like, no, I'm done. Like, I don't want no more. Now, Josh Taylor, as the old rule says, protect yourselves at all times. You know, fight according to the referee. Don't fight according to what your opponent's doing. He hits him with about three other shots. Um, you know, before the referee could jump in, really. It's not like football where you blow a whistle really quickly. The referee had to get over there and put his body between the two guys to break him up. So a huge loss there for O'Hara Davies. He's now 15-1. and Josh Taylor moves to double figures. He put on a clinical boxing performance. Really, really fantastic win for him. He's now 10-0, and perfect record. I, as I know that you saw this fight. It was a very tough fight for O'Hara Davies, but we're not going to take nothing away from Josh Taylor. He looked absolutely phenomenal.
1: I'll tell you what, yeah? Josh Taylor is going to be a star in the future, yeah? He's a 2012 Olympian. And I'll tell you something. O'Hara Davis, don't get me wrong, in this fight, right? The problem with O'Hara Davis, he's very wild. Even in this fight, you can tell. The the thing about O'Hara Davis, he had long arm reach. That's the problem. Even Josh Taylor said after the fight, he goes, yes, his arm reach is very, very long. But the way O'Hara, De- uh, the way Josh Taylor beat him was unbelievable. Now, obviously, what, what, what was this? Lightweight, wasn't it? Lightweight, sorry?
2: Yeah, this is like world well, a one forty, yeah.
1: Yes, this was a light world, light tour. I'll tell you something, yeah. With Josh Taylor's amateur pedigree, yes, you can tell he's um, he's he's been to the Commonwealth Games, he's won gold in that thing. Um, he's he's been to he's 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 an Olympian. When O'Hara Davis and him foot, yeah, you can tell Josh Taylor was using his am, bit of amateur pedigree, yeah, and that's why he beat uh, knocked out. Um, O'Hara Davis, like with that right hand, that was brilliant. Like at the fight, yeah, towards the end, like when uh. Josh Taylor stopped him. Ohara Davis quitted. I was thinking, why did he do that? Because I think O'Hara Davis could have carried on, but he I don't know what he did. But I'll tell you something, yeah? Josh Taylor in the future, in my opinion, will go on to become a world champion. And I go you know what's gonna be a big fight? I'll tell you. Him versus Ricky Burns will be a fight, and I reckon that will happen. And I reckon that'll be Ricky Burns' last fight and I reckon Josh uh and I reckon Josh Taylor will st- stop him.
2: Yeah, it's a big call. Um, now now firstly, it's it's tough because O'Hara Davies has lost here on paper to a guy that's 9 and 0. Now, you know, we don't all know about his amateur pedigree. The the average person on the street doesn't know about that. So it just looks like he's lost to a guy who's 9 and 0. That's that. Now At this stage, as you said, and I agree, I think he's going to go on to be something special, go on to be a world champion. But because he hasn't done that yet, because he hasn't had the opportunity to prove that, that he's that good, it looks really bad. So some people are going, right, that's it, O'Hara needs to retire now. That's crazy talk, you know, like, this is a really special fighter he's lost to, and we've got to give him a lot of credit. He went over there, put his O on the line, travelled. It was on, you know, a rival promoter's show, I suppose you could say, on a Cyclone promotions bill. And, you know, he he put it all in there. But I've got to be honest as well, as much as I do like O'Hara Davies, it was a little bit of a quit. You know, like, those people that were bashing Kel Brook for quitting, this was worse than that. And I really, really want to stress the fact that I really do like O'Hara Davies. I stuck up for him in a couple of arguments um, earlier this week on Twitter. You know, I really wanted him to win. I actually had him to win on points. That was the way I thought it was going to go. And he was fighting like a puncher too much. I think he was, you know, loading up on these big hooks that were missing wildly. And, you know, it was the first kind of time, because the fight was being fought so much up close... Josh Taylor was very very well on, you know, he fought very very well on the inside whereas O'Hara strangely enough with those long arms he just couldn't really fight very good on the inside so when the fight was fought at distance he did pretty well and when Josh Taylor was having a bit of a shootout with him which was a little bit suicidal kind of kind of idea really then O'Hara was looking good but when the fight was being fought on the inside they were trading on the inside it was being fought up close Josh Taylor just looked a level above. So we're very um, sad to see O'Hara lose his O. But listen, it's you know it's, it's a really it's a, it's a fight that he's got to learn from, and he can certainly come back very stronger than that. And uh, we wish him, we wish both of them all the very best with the future. But again, both guys, let's not write O'Hara off yet. Let's not, let's not, you know, start start jumping the gun with Josh Taylor yet as well. I think both men are going to be something special, and it's both, you know, it's better to have a loss now when when you've only had a handful of fights than when you've, you know, got to that top level and, and took a, a real beating from somebody that's nine and zero. That'd be completely different. So um, yeah, credit to both guys there. But that's all I'm going to say on that fight over in Scotland. Moving over now to a card that happened on Sunday. Moving over to the last couple bills now from last weekend. There was a fight that happened at the DIVS in Russia. Dmitry Mikalenko, 22 and 1, put his WBC silver welterweight title on the line against a guy called Quadratilo Agurov or something like that. I can't really say his name. Now, it was a huge upset. Mikhailenko lost a unanimous decision over 12 rounds. And his opponent had a record of 11-0. and Now it's 12-0. and And he also had a point took off as well. So, um, I'm not sure of the scorecards. But yeah, he had a point taken off and still won a unanimous decision. So it sounds like it could have been pretty wide. And that's a huge upset over in Russia. So, um, yeah, Quadratilo Abdul Zarov or whatever his name is. He's, he's, you know, announced himself on that world scene, uh, well he's he's the new wbc silver champion so maybe he'll be in some big fights definitely a name to look out for also on that bill dennis lebedev he put his wba super world cruiserweight title on the line against mark flanagan mark flanagan 22 and 4 now 22 and 5 lebedev picked up win number 30 he's of course got two blemishes those blemishes being losses it was a unanimous decision win over 12 rounds for the old veteran Mr. Lebedev. Moving over now to York Hall. There was a fight to mention over there. Former opponent of Stephen Simmons, uh, Wadi Camacho. He fought for the vacant English cruiserweight title. His record, 17-6. He took on Arfan Iqbal, who I didn't really know too much about. Well, Arfan Iqbal took him apart and knocked him out in round four. That's a huge, huge win for Iqbal. He's the new English champion. He's now 12-0 and 0 and... Wadi Camacho 17 wins and seven losses his record. Whenever he gets in there against somebody, you know, like your Stephen Simmons, like your um like your Isaac Chamberlain, and here, Arfan oh, he he comes up short. So um I think they're gonna probably try and make Wadi Camacho and Lawrence Okoli. I bet they make that fight. I'll guarantee you they try and make that fight soon, and that's gonna be a fight where unfortunately he's gonna rack up another loss. Uh, but no, I'd like to see that fight nonetheless. And moving over now to a card, just to wrap up the review side of the show. Moving over now to a card that happened earlier this week in Japan. I think it was Monday this week in Japan. Tomoki Kamida, the man that lost twice to Jamie McDonnell. His record 33-2. and two. He took on former world title challenger as well. Ivan Morales, the brother of Eric Morales, the man that lost his world title fight to Lee Haskins. Uh, over in Bristol or, or Wales. I can't remember. I think it was over in Wales now at the uh, the Ice Arena. Uh, Ivan Morales, 31-2. and two, Really good record. Uh, he actually lost this fight. A 10-round unanimous decision in favour to Tomoki Kamida. So a good win there for him over in Tokyo, Japan. Kamida now 34-2. and two, Ivan Morales, 31-3. and three. And that really wraps up the review. And it's now time to welcome a man that was part of the action last week. It's, of course, guest number one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the new WBO European light heavyweight champion, Mr. Anthony Yard. Anthony, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, man. How are you?
2: Yeah, all good, my man. You?
3: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just resting up, chilling out, eating food.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. What you like to do best. Right, so Anthony, you fought on Saturday night. You topped the bill, actually. You took on Richard Barangi. He was 18-1. and one. We all know he had more knockouts than you'd had fights. On paper, it was a huge step up for you. But like 10 of your other 11 opponents, he got knocked out. And like 6 of those other 10 opponents, you knocked him out in the first round. It didn't last too long, but what did you make of it, Anthony?
3: Um, well, you know, I had a lot of stuff that I was going through before the fight. So um, I made up my mind that I wasn't going to go in there and play around or um, show any boxing skills. I was just going to go out there. Obviously, it's boxing, so you can't go in there reckless. But I knew that I was going to be hitting harder than usual, um, back him up. And then when the when I found out what shot is open, I'm going to throw it with a lot of like ferocity. Um, so I caught him with a shot I wanted to catch him with. And then I was surprised he got up, actually, because I actually threw that punch quite hard. And then when he, when he as soon as he got up, I said, yes, yeah, fine first
2: one. yeah I was just going to ask you then my next question was going to be um, he did really well to get up from that first one I didn't think he was going to get back up I was going to ask were you a little bit surprised that he did get back up
3: yeah definitely definitely because I did hit him, hit him clean um, I had my eyes on the whole time sometimes when the throw punches like, some people close their eyes or whatever my eyes were open I saw where the punch landed how it landed I saw his eyes roll back etc um, so when he did get up from that yeah, I was surprised I just knew that like, sometimes these guys are tough, and obviously, he's a champion. He's want only boat to go. He was confident as well for the build up. So I knew it was time to finish for it.
2: And you say that you were going through some things outside the ring. I mean, obviously, you haven't got to say what they are, but is there any, can you shed any light on any of that at all?
3: Oh, no, definitely. Um, some people that don't know about this will say, oh, that's nothing, but some people that do know about it. Um, I've got abscess toothache. Um, my tooth was infected, just like literally come like two days before the fight. And people, some people noticed that uh, the press conference, my face was a bit swollen and um, I couldn't really talk properly. Um, obviously I couldn't, I wasn't really, you know, fond on taking painkillers and I couldn't take antibiotics before the fact. So I had to just ride out the pain, literally keep using mouthwash, washing out my mouth with salt water, et cetera. That consistently just go through the pain. And then, um, yeah, after the fight, literally I took um, pain straight away um, started antibiotics literally straight after the after the my drug test straight after the fight and um, yeah it was, it was painful when I had um, an old acid's come back and a uh, cavity tooth um, a problem that I had before but again I didn't want to take out the teeth before the fight because um, it was quite close to the fight so the antibiotics before cleared the infection but the infection came back just one time
2: yeah yeah absolutely man absolutely so your next fighting in September, if I'm not mistaken, which which date is that, Anthony?
3: And that's September 16th, and um, it will be a it will be a leg. Um, Billy Joe Saunders will be headlining, I think. And um, it will be a leg for the Canelo and GGG fat. Yeah. so right. I think the way yeah the way Box Nation and BT are going to do it is, as, a, as, a, as a leg for the BT for the GGG and um, Canelo fat. So obviously in China, I think they're going to build up that. Future fight, so um yeah, that'll be my next fight. Same arena, couple box arena. Oh uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm defending the, the European title.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now before your fight, Anthony, and um, well, there's no other words really to describe it. There was a riot that went on in in the venue, and I saw yeah. a story that you apparently ran out of the dressing room in your boxers to make sure your family was yeah. alright. Is that true?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, literally, I'm somewhat I think it was Frank. He kind of wrapped my hands. Came in the changing room and said, um, "The riot's just broken out of there. They're going crazy." So I went like, "What?" 'Cause I know my mum's. My mum was out there. My sisters, my sister, and everyone else, um, to some what degree, they can. You know, I don't really worry about them. My friends are there, etc. Um, they're more mobile as well. But my mum's got a bad back. So, um, I ran out of there literally straight away. And the security came and said, "Like, where are you going?" Or whatever. They're the right side. I said, "Move out my face." So my mum's out there. So then they said no, don't want to. But they went literally straight, made sure my mum was alright, came back to me and said yeah, she with all my friends up there, they're fine. And then my sister came in and changed her and said yeah, mum's alright, whatever. So yeah, I just calmed down a bit. It was,
2: it was, it was, it was crazy scenes. But I had a thought. I was thinking, imagine if it was all women rioting and not men, and you ran out in your boxes, sure. you you perhaps could have stopped the whole riot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Wake up now. Wake up now. Stop dreaming. Stop dreaming. They'd have probably all ran out. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking. So, Anthony, once again, the, the, the Frank Buglioni fight is one that people are talking about. I saw um, an interview yeah. with Frank the other day. He was mentioning that fight. And obviously, we know that um, when I say Frank, I mean Frank Warren. Frank Warren's been talking about that fight recently. Yeah. Frank Buglioni held the same belt that you've got, he held it twice down at super middleweight. He's obviously British yeah. champion right now light heavyweight also. Unless I'm mistaken, didn't somebody offer the fight to someone? Didn't didn't one of you offer it to the other one recently?
3: Well mean um, yeah Frank Warren, and um, I think it was my seventh fight, um they offered Frank Bugelloni the fight. Um, they turned it down from what I know. But again, um I don't really get involved in that. When the fight's sorted out or it's been agreed, then I'll get excited about it. Other than that, some sometimes people call out people's names or um, they say stuff that they don't really want for publicity or to get people talking, but sometimes it never happens because really truly they don't want that fact, but again um, I'm Anthony Young, I'm here I, I ain't scared of no one in the division if yeah. that fact does happen, we'll make it exciting, um, everyone knows what happened to the table um, and yeah if that fact happens then I'll sleep on it, but until then you know, we've offered the fight already. They didn't take it, so I have nothing to say on that. Um, on that fight, if it does happen, i will be excited for the fans, etc. But my next fight is what I'm focusing on. defending the European title, and he 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 had that super middle. Super middleweight is a completely different weight. You hit different. My people say that I'm, I don't even look like a so I'm, I'm hitting like a heavyweight, so don't compare <laughs> any super middleweight um accomplishments he had he's got that heavy now, it's a completely different ballgame.
2: Okay, fair enough. Um have you got any idea who you'll be fighting yet, Anthony? Next.
3: I don't know. Don't. I do not be defending um yeah, when when everything does come out order, uh, the news is, is said. And yeah.
2: Okay, okay. And Anthony, some people criticize you and say that you only know one way of fighting, is coming forward, and your, your right hand is literally yeah. all you have. Now, I know that's not true, and when you very kindly invited me down to your gym the other week, I got to see you spar mainly just using your left hand, and you displayed some quality with it that you probably haven't needed to show on Fight Night. Do you think some of these doubters or haters, whatever you want to call them, do you reckon they're in for a big shock?
3: Oh, if they think that all I do is come forward, they're to for throw a massive <laughs> Um, But I think again, that's people that just you know they don't really know about boxing. Like, because if I was the one, if someone, if I was someone like that just came forward, I'd be getting hit a lot. Um, or I would need different like techniques, etc. When I, I come forward, when I'm throwing shots, I need to be thrown. When someone attacks in a certain way, I might step up to the side or stick a shot and or whatever. And sometimes when you step back, you're looking for the shot that you need to land. So um is about intelligence it's like a chess game boxing ring IQ um, all the things that I'm learning I've had limited experience but I'm a student in the game and I study and I practice a lot so again when the time's right people will see different sizes and, um, everyone knows I've got the one punch knockout power um, I've got speed etc there's other questions people are going to ask I want to keep people asking them questions that means I'm doing something right
2: yeah I agree totally and, um, on a side note, actually, the glove that you signed for me the other week, the one I did a competition to win, the competition winner was actually at your fight on the weekend. So, uh, so yeah, that you got oh, yeah. to see. I, yeah.
3: You think to about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I actually took the glove to the fight and gave it to him. So he actually had it with him when you were fighting. So that was, uh, yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool, man. That was pretty cool.
3: So, um, Anthony, I when I would, I, would, I would have given him to him. I would have presented him to him. I should have told him.
2: Uh, we've sort something out in the future for sure, definitely a next, the next one or whatever. Yeah. But um, Anthony, when are you when are you back training? When are you back in the gym?
3: Um, I'm back in the gym probably Thursday. Um, you know, I've had this tooth. I still got this toothache now. This is where I'm probably sounding a bit dead, but um, yeah, the toothache is literally crazy. It's gone like it's hurting my eye now and all that kind of stuff. Anyone anyway, know that knows about abscess toothache, you can change your life. <laughs> so um, I'm waiting for my appointment to get it taken out. I've got to finish the antibiotic course. And then take out the two. So um, I'm I want to get back like, to training asap, but you know there's no point in going start and starting this stuff and etc. So I'm just enjoying the rest. Um, I mean yeah, yeah. That's know, probably probably Monday I'll be back.
2: Okay, okay. And by the way, if anybody hasn't seen the video of Anthony Yard hitting the punch bag at Frank Warren's office, please go and find that video. It's already had loads and loads of views, but he breaks the high score, and his trainer, Tunde, breaks the machine. And I promise you, you will laugh so hard. If you haven't seen it, you will laugh so hard. I actually call him Tombstone Tunde now, because he buried that machine. You know what I mean? Um... Anthony, I sent you a uh, before before we obviously went on air, I sent you a Michael Buffer impression. It was it was it wasn't that good, that's why I didn't want to say it on air. But have you got any impressions? I know you've got the you got the bad tooth at the minute, so I might let you off, but have you got any you can do or are you not very good at that?
3: Well me personally, I think it was I think it was quality. Yeah,
2: yeah but <laughs> I thought
3: are you I thought good it was at Michael like Buffer cinema, doesn't <laughs> <laughs> no, no. when no, no, well it wasn't uh, season, in I'm I'm in so much pain but I, I'm literally struggling to even open my mouth properly to get the words out um, so yeah impression I put us to be next time
2: alright man we'll right, we, we definitely do it next time right last couple of questions I appreciate you giving me a bit of time GGG versus Canelo who wins that one for you Anthony you're going to be fighting on as you say the English undercard over here
3: yeah well I personally believe it'll be um, Canelo um, yes GGG is a monster he's very strong um, but I feel like, you know, I don't know, I think he's 34 or something like that. Um, not that age is a factor, but um, the way he fights, he's very um, flat-footed. Yes, he does the, um, the odd skip back or, you know, use his shoulder here and there. And, yes, the better the opponent, the better he fights. But um, I think Canelo is younger. He's got a better boxing IQ, in my opinion. Um, and also Canelo is very powerful as well so um, the only thing that can let let Canelo down is his footwork I think he has got good footwork but you know sometimes he plants his feet and he stands there Um, so that can be but you know it's such an interesting fight and there's so much mixed opinion about it that's why why it's going to be such a good fight but um, in my opinion I would just go with Canelo
2: yeah yeah I knew you, you you always mainly favour the boxers uh, not that you know GGG's not a boxer but I know you like the uh, you know the science of the sport you're you're a big admirer of that um one thing that I actually was was almost about to not ask you but it's just come in my head now Obviously, a uh, tough result for one of your best friends in boxing, O'Hara Davies, on the weekend. You had a good night. He had a bad night. Um, you know, a lot of people jumping at him saying that he's, he's a quitter and all these things. What, what did you take of it? Have you seen it yeah. at all?
3: Um, well, I, I said I wasn't going to watch it, but um, I met with O'Hara yesterday. Um, he seems like he's, he's, he's okay. You know, he understands boxing. Every, a lot of people don't, like, don't understand, but boxing is a sport where you take risks and sometimes the risks don't come off. That's what he did. He took a big risk. Um, the wrist didn't come off, um, and he had a bad night. Literally, I think personally, I'm not the same as my friend, but I believe he has the attributes, and I believe he can beat Josh Taylor. Um, going off that performance, absolutely not. It was a bad night for him, but um, and again, people don't know he 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 had um, something wrong with his nose or well, even before the fact and um, he got hit in his nose, and he, he was struggling to breathe. But again, um, there's no excuses in boxing the Mexicans that go out there and get their face beat to pieces and stay, stay in the ring so again there's no excuses but he's, I think he's lost from this, um, this loss um, he needs a bit of time off and he'll come back stronger
2: yeah we certainly wish him all the very best and just finally Anthony anything you want to say at all before we let you go to any listeners
3: um, just you know stay tuned um, I'm the WBO European champion right now um, I've worked my A double snakes wants to get here <laughs> Um, I've had a limited um, experience, I've, I haven't been in the game for long, six years in total, that's including amateurs and professionals, and even when I started even training, it's been six, like, almost six and a half years with everything, and um, it's been a short time, and um, it's going great, it's going to continue to go great, and um, I just thank, thank all the supporters and everyone that's uh, out there helping
2: Absolutely, my friend, absolutely. Okay, listen, Anthony, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my brother. We'll keep an eye out for what's next for you, and we'll speak again very soon.
3: Thank you, I appreciate
2: that. Anthony, you are there. Okay, that's guest number one done. It's now time for guest number two. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the unbeaten, former WBC lightweight world champion, Mr. Omar Figueroa. Omar, welcome back on the show, my friend.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Hey, it's always my pleasure, Omar. It truly is. So, Omar, we last spoke in August of last year, actually. So, it's been 11 months. has been quite a while. In that time, you still haven't fought, obviously. I know that you became a father once again in that time. So, congratulations for that. Um, besides that, what else has actually gone on since we last spoke, Omar? Well,
0: thank you for that. Uh, not much. I
2: mean, just getting ready for this fight. Uh, enjoying my time off and enjoying my kids. Yeah, to be completely honest, that's probably the, the the best thing that you could have said. In, in all honesty, uh, when we last spoke, when we last spoke on you told me that you wanted to fight Terence Crawford. Now that indicated to me that you'd be fighting at 140 for the foreseeable future. However, this upcoming fight is obviously at 147. Are you in a position at the moment to commit to a definitive answer? If you know, if 147 is going to be the weight that you're going to be at for the foreseeable future to campaign at properly.
0: No, I'm gonna try and go back down to one forty. Yeah. I gotta first off see if that's even possible. And uh and if it is, then I, I do plan to get back down to one forty because I felt great at one forty. Uh this one's the only reason this one's at one forty seven is because of all the all the weight that I had gained in my time off. And uh, you know, we wanted to take a little break before we went back down uh even further.
2: Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So you're returning to the ring on Saturday after 19 months out against Robert Guerrero of all people. And Robert Guerrero, in my opinion, Brandon, is a guy that has probably seen better days, but he's a warrior. He likes to get into brutal fights and... You know, with the long layoff that you've had, this is an awfully hard match to return to, in my honest opinion. Not to mention, at a new weight for you also, and a, a weight that Guerrero's been at for quite a while. Why did you pick Guerrero? It's a really hard comeback fight.
0: Um, I didn't. My team did. And I trust my team, so I trust that obviously I'm able to get past Guerrero.
2: So um, obviously, you, you just said there that your your team picked the fight. In, a, in an ideal world, do you think this fight is quite a tough fight to come back to? Do you agree with me on that? Do you agree that you could have probably chose easier guys?
0: Well, I agree that I could have chosen a harder guy as well. So, I mean, I guess it, it doesn't really matter. I, like I said, I trust my team. And if they believe I can beat Guerrero, then I believe I can beat them too.
2: And Omar, what do you make of Robert Guerrero at this point in his career? I don't really give up with him
0: or with anyone, to be honest. Uh, But I think I know he's a warrior. I know it's going to be a good fight, and that's what I'm looking forward to.
2: And also, this will be the third time, if I'm not mistaken, that you're going to be sharing a card with your younger brother. Uh, Do you like fighting on the same night as him, or do you get nervous enough where it can affect your game?
0: It actually distracts me from my own fight. So I like like to have him on on my card. It uh, it helps get my mind off of other of things, you
2: know. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Because sometimes it can, it can go the other way. So you um, do you get nervous watching him fight? Because I know he's a really good fighter. Obviously, he's unbeaten, and he can punch as well, just like yourself. Um, do you, yeah, do you get nervous watching him fight?
0: Yeah, I get more nervous watching him fight than I do for anything else.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard that a few different boxers say that, and in many ways, um, Omar, you're actually fighting at a historic venue. It's the same; it's on the same grounds where George Foreman fought uh, Joe Frazier, and also Mike Tyson fought there as well. Not only that, but it's going to be your first time as a professional fighting in New York. Are you looking forward to that whole experience as well as just the fight?
0: Hell yes, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get to New York, and uh, I know that that. The weight cut will will go a lot easier, a lot smoother once we get to New York, and I get to get out of here. Because I've been here in 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 California for about you know for about six months now, and uh, it's getting it's getting harder and harder to stay here because you know with the weight cut and the training and everything, it's just getting old, and I need to see something new. I feel so. I can't wait to get out of here.
2: And I want to ask your opinion on a fight or two, um, Omar. Now, I remember asking you your opinion on a couple of fights before, and you told me, to be honest, Joey, I don't really watch much boxing, Um, but I'm sure you've heard of uh, Triple G and Canelo. We know that they're going to be getting in the ring soon. Have you got any kind of opinion on that one, Omar? Uh, I
0: mean, it it seems like it's going to be a good fight, but uh, I just hope, I just hope that it plays out that way. You know, we, we've been in, in many big fight situations where the fight doesn't go as we as you foresee. and uh, But I do see GGG breaking him down in the later rounds, maybe the 8th, 10th round, and uh, stopping Canelo.
2: Yeah, a lot of people will probably agree with that. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be a really good fight. Hopefully it lives up to expectations, as you said. And the last fight I want to ask you about, one that I'm sure you probably will know both guys. Um, the end of this month, 29th of July, uh, Mikey Garcia and Adrian Broner really, really, really good fight. I'm really looking forward to that. Any kind of opinion on that one, Omar?
0: I don't see how Broner beats Garcia. Me neither. He's. I don't see how Broner. He 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 keeps saying that he's back on track, that he's behaving, that he's a hundred percent, but. We always see that he's always screwing around, so I don't think this is any different. Mikey Garcia seems like a really responsible guy when it comes to training. He takes his craft seriously, and he proved it in the ring. I mean, he's undefeated for a reason, and uh, I think Mikey Garcia is going to end up stopping him in the in the mid rounds.
2: Oh, big call! But again, a really good fight, a fight that we're all looking forward to as well. Um, Omar, you may not want to say so at this period in time, but if you get through this fight, and I know that we're not going to look too far ahead. This is, as I said, a really tough fight to come back to. But have you got your eye on anybody? I know you're saying that you want to go back down to 140. Have you got your eye? I suppose you, you're not too sure if it's gonna, if you, if you can get down there. But have you got your eye on anybody at all aside from this fight Saturday night? No, no, sir, not at all. Yeah, so just completely uh, focused on the man in front of you Saturday night. Yeah,
0: just completely trying to. Yeah, trying to get past this one first, and 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 that's it. Once once we get past this one, then we can look. Uh, we can look at what's next.
2: And Omar, just before I let you go, I just really want to give you an opportunity just to send a message to anybody who may be listening. Just before I let you go, if you've got any final words at all to get off your chest.
0: Oh, of course. No, as always, I want to I want to thank my fans. Thank to. Thank the people that have stuck by beside me and and during this time off, much needed time off. Uh, to everyone that has followed my career and and uh, and shown some love, I appreciate it. And next Saturday, I hope to not let you guys down. And uh, that's it. I mean, just thank you to everyone that that's been there.
2: And Omar, I was actually, I should have asked you this before, but I just want to ask you it now. If I'm not mistaken, did you not meet Mike Tyson and he didn't believe you was a boxer? What was the story behind that?
0: (laughs) Well, we saw him walking. I don't remember who I was with and I don't remember who he was with, but we saw him walking and he was shaking hands with people and I was like, hey, Mike, you know, I said hi to him. And then uh, as I was saying, shaking his hand, somebody said, oh, hey, Mike, He's he's a world champ. I don't know what. And he said, what? Fuck out of here, he's not a champ and they're like, No, yeah and then I was like, Yeah, I'm a world champ He's like, Fuck no, you're not a champ, do you he's like, No, you do like a lawyer or something. You're not a champ and I'm like, I'm a a I'm a world champion at lightweight. He's like, No, hell no, you're not a champ and so I had to go to the to the extent of showing him videos on YouTube and then when he finally saw that I was a champ, he's like, Oh shit, like, oh man, that's good, badass, man, good luck and he was lucky. He congratulated me, and then he was on his way.
2: <laughs> Excellent way to, to cap off an interview. Listen, oh my, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. I wish you all the very best for Saturday night. Thanks for taking some time to speak with us, and we'll catch up again very soon.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.
2: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show, this part, the preview part, but as always, we go over to Ayaz before we get into that. Ayaz has got this week's latest boxing news. Terry
1: Flanagan will, will face uh, Felix Fedejo, the WBO belt uh, on September 16th at the Copper Box
2: Arena. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to this. It was a fight that was supposed to happen before, and then if I'm not mistaken, I think Felix Vadejo had some sort of motorcycle accident, and the fight had to be, um, well, it was called off and he was out injured or whatever. But no, it's been rescheduled. Terry Flanagan, this is a mandatory. Um, a mandatory fight for him. And it's going to be a good fight. We like to see him in there against somebody of note. This man is a good fighter, Vadejo, And it's going to be in London, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, it's also going to be on the same night as Billy Joe Saunders' fight. Um, he's going to be fighting somebody. I think that opponent's going to be announced. Oh, no, it has been announced, actually. It's, um, he's taken on Willie Monroe Jr., a man that shared the ring with Golovkin and gave him a few problems before he got stopped. But, um, yeah, that should be a decent fight. So, um, Yeah, they're both going to be sharing the card. It's going to be like a leg, like a one leg thing. Just as Anthony Yard said, there's going to be one leg in the UK. Then a few hours later, it's going to go out to the States and um, it's going to be Golovkin and Canelo. It's like a UK-based undercard. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that all unfold. It's going to be great. WBC orders David Benavidez and Anthony Darrell to
1: start a negation fight for governing uh, body's vacant super middleweight title.
2: Yes, Anthony Durrell, who we thought was going to be fighting Callum Smith. And I really need some more information on this because I can't understand what's going on. He was supposed to be taking on Callum Smith. If I'm not mistaken, Callum Smith's still the mandatory, but now he's entered this Super 6 or whatever they're calling it, the Super Series Tournament at Super Middleweight. And Anthony Durrell's now going to be taking on David Benavidez for the vacant WBC Super Middleweight title. So it's a great fight. David Benavidez is a man that I'm really excited about, and um, it's going to be a great fight, but I just feel a bit, I don't know, a bit let down, because I thought Callum Smith was going to be getting a straight world title shot, and I'm not sure if if, uh, it's been announced who he's going to be taking on in this this super tournament, which is, you know, it's good that he's signed up for it, but I just wanted to see him try and win a world title as soon as possible, and I don't think... That this format is gonna do that for him. He might be in some bigger fights over a longer period of time, but I thought that the rail fight was a really, really good fight and one that I think he would have probably won easier than some of the guys that's in this tournament. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, good fight there. Leo Santa Cruz versus
1: Abner Mares is set for October the seventh at Staples Center.
2: Yes, it's obviously been moved. It's been postponed. It's you know it's going to be a good fight. It's a rematch. They thought before it was a good fight. I'm sure this one's going to be another good fight. Um, that's the opening shot of it really. But no, a huge fight again, and we're looking forward to this. the uh, The featherweight division's a, a division that just keeps on giving. Katie Taylor has been added off the undercard for Adrian Broner versus Mikey Garcia. Yeah, Katie Taylor, you know, we, we, we've we heard from Eddie Hearn a few times that she was perhaps going to be getting on some kind of bill over in the States. It's great exposure. We're not too sure who she's going to be fighting yet. Hopefully, the American audience, you know, get a glimpse of her and like what they see. And, you know, it gets it's good for women's boxing. There's going to be some people watching that going, oh, that would be a good fight for her to take on... Um, uh, Clarissa Shields, even though they don't know too much about weight divisions in women's boxing, but no, it's it's great exposure for her and I'm pleased that she's getting it. George Groves will face J- um, Jamie Cox in the Muhammad Ali t- uh, tournament. Yeah, this, uh, this Super 6 Super Series tournament, whatever it's called, I keep forgetting the name, the World Super Series, I think it's called. Um, yeah, George Groves has decided to take on Jamie Cox. I'm a bit annoyed with that because I actually wanted to see the Brits kind of gang up on the other nations, you know, like I wanted to see that happen, but the way they've done it, where like the the top-seeded guys can pick their opponents, he's decided to go and pick Jamie Cox, so straight away, he's going to be putting, well, someone, some Brit in the first round is going to be taking an L, which is a bit annoying, but um, no, it's a great fight, you know, Jamie Cox will be licking his lips for that one, he's been asking for a good fight, or a big fight for a long, long time, and he finally gets it here, against a man like George Groves, who in his last fight looked a million dollars, so... Yeah, it could be a step too far for Jamie Cox, but he might, you know, he might catch him at the right time. And, yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it. It's a brilliant, brilliant fight. David here has, has announced Ishmael Salas as his new trainer. Yes, this guy Ishmael Salas, he's, um, he's a guy that actually uh, trains quite a few South American fighters. I know he was training Yuri um, does Gamboa. He, is, he, he, is he also the trainer of Chocolatito, if I'm not mistaken, I am. I'm not quite sure, but I think he's the trainer of Jorge Linares. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, he's trained some serious talent, and I'm I'm pretty sure he doesn't even speak English. So it's a really weird link up, and I'm guessing he's gonna be traveling over to the UK because, you know, I can't see David Hay moving abroad for training. I can't see him going abroad for training at this part of his career. We don't really know where he is with his hunger and determination and dedication and stuff like that. So it's it's weird. It's, it's a weird one, but it goes to show that David Hay is, you know, he's got a brilliant boxing head because a lot of people wouldn't even know about that guy. And, you know, to look at what he's doing and admire that and decide that you want a piece of that, that's quite... I don't know, it's quite surprising, I'm, I'm really quite surprised with this link-up, especially with the language barrier, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, that's the word, I'm intrigued to see what happens here, but no, you know, nonetheless, it's great to see David Hay back anyway. And finally, Jamie McDonalds will face uh, Liborio Solis in a rematch. Yeah, the first fight was very close. Some people scored it to Solis. Some people gave it to Mcdonald. Some people screamed robbery. Uh, it was definitely a close fight. We can all agree on that one. It was that, that fight over in Monaco. And yeah, it's been rescheduled. So this is brilliant because Jamie McDonnell, um, he really could have just vacated and moved up. Or he could have probably tried to you know, search for something else, try and look for a different opponent, but it just goes to show the fighter in this man. You know, he's he's not quite normal. He wants another piece of that and he wants to prove to people that no it wasn't a close fight. I'm gonna shut him out properly now. I'm gonna show you how you know how to how to come back on a fight where it was very close it was subjective it could have gone either way now I'm going to show you who's a clear winner who's the clearly better fighter and you know you've got to give him credit for doing that because it was a tough fight last time and he's going to have to look a lot better to escape criticism for a second time they can't afford another really really close fight where some people are going to scream robbery so his intentions are obviously to try and close this man out and put on a great great boxing display so yeah all credit to Jamie McDonald, a man that's overlooked really in terms of British fighters but all round fantastic guy and you know we know his heart's in the game he's a fantastic fighter just doesn't get a lot of credit but he's getting it from me all the very best to, to Jamie Mack and, and the boys down at Caldwell Boxing Gym. is that it for the for the news this week Iaz? Yes that's it Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Right, moving over to the previewing. We're going to try to whiz through this as quick as possible now. Um, It's been quite a long show already, uh, longer than usual. Now... We're going to start with the Palacio de los Deportes in Benidorm, Valenciana, Spain. One fight to mention over there. Kiko Martinez, he's in the ring again. I think it's the first fight back from the loss to Josh Warrington, where he looked pretty good, actually. Uh, He's in an eight-rounder against Franklin Varela, who actually has a record of 22 and 33. Kiko Martinez, 36 and 8, with one draw. Again, he he likes to go back to Spain and have all these weird... um, fights against journeymen and just wait for another big fight it's, it's, it's annoying to see to be honest he's he's starting to have a bit of a padded record where when he first took on Frampton the first time around he didn't really have that so um yeah, it's a shame, but that's what he does. That's it for Spain. Moving over now to the Belasco Theatre, Los Angeles, California. One fight to mention on this bill, a young prospect, Joshua Franco. We've talked about him on this show many times. We're high on him. He's in a six-rounder at bantamweight against Antonio Rodriguez, who has a record of 11-16 and 16 with one draw. Joshua Franco, 11-0 and 0 as well. Also on that bill, Edgar Valerio, 10-0. He takes on Jero Ochoa. 18 and 11. Really good fight. That's an 8 rounder at Featherweight. All the very best to Valerio and Franco. Moving over now to the EWS Arena in Germany. One fight to mention on this bill. Firat Arslan. 39 and 8 with 2 draws. He's in a 12 rounder Uh, At cruiseweight for the vacant WBO European cruiserweight title, he takes on Goran Delic, who's got a really good-looking record on paper, thirty-one and one, but it's extremely padded. But we know that Firat Arslan his his years, his better years are certainly behind him now. He's in the search of win number forty. Should be a good fight, hopefully. Moving over now to Wembley Arena, the biggest bill of the weekend, I suppose, um, in terms of. Well, I suppose the Americans probably wouldn't agree, some of our American listeners, but over here, this is the biggest bill of the weekend. We're going to start with the undercard. Martin J. Ward, 17-0 with two draws, takes on Anthony Kakachi, 15-0, both men undefeated here. It's for the vacant Commonwealth Super Featherweight title, and also Martin J. Ward puts his British Super Featherweight title on the line as well. Martin J. Ward's been on the show before. We're going to wish him all the very best of luck. But it's a really, really good fight, this one, actually. Do not overlook Kakashi at all. He's a good fighter. Also on the bill, another really good fight. Kid Gala had 22-0. He was supposed to take on Dennis Seelan. He's now taking on Jose Cayetano, the man that fought Scott Quigg recently. His record, 21-5. This one's for the vacant IBF Intercontinental Featherweight title. Um, you know, really and truly, it's a measuring stick type of fight kid galahad's gonna probably try to get a better result than scott quigg did but but i don't think kid galahad's a really big puncher so this stylistically might be a little bit boring but um i'm gonna be watching it with with a keen eye we obviously like kid galahad he's been on the show a few times and um we wish him all the best here but i I actually liked the you know i liked the fight with dennis sealan a little bit better dennis sealan the man that um, for Isaac Lowe recently. I, I did like that fight a little bit better. Hopefully, Isaac Lowe gets a rematch now that he's pulled out of this one. Um, also on the bill, Robbie Davies Jr. We had him on a few weeks ago. He takes on Michael Sirawatka, 18-1. and one. This one's for the WBA Continental Super Lightweight title. Robbie Davies Jr. obviously being the champion. Now, Robbie Davies Jr., if you haven't listened to the interview, someone actually said, like, it was crazy how much knowledge he had. He literally knows everything about every boxer in every division so he knew a hell of a lot about this guy sira Watka and we had a really good time having him on the show it was really good It was uh, we found out a lot and it was just brilliant to have him on so we wish him all the very best of luck it's a 12 rounder there at 140 and um, he's a man that's in the picture with O'Hara Davies as well I know that O'Hara um, will be looking for a big fight and you know perhaps after this that can be a fight that can be um, sorted out I know that Robbie Davies Jr.'s manager um, Neil Marsh he was actually saying that you know O'Hara he's not worth their time anymore kind of thing the way he was talking earlier this week on Twitter so Yeah, good fight, a good fight. We wish Robbie all the very best of luck in that one. And last week's guest, Lee Selby, 24-1. He's on this bill against Jonathan Victor Barros, 41-4 with one draw. It's a mandatory fight. Lee Selby was supposed to fight him in the States. Um, He didn't pass the medical there, Barros, but he's back, and it's obviously happening in the Wembley Arena. Lee Selby, a class fighter. He's obviously defending his IBF World Featherweight title here. It's a 12-rounder as as it should be for a world title fight, as it has to be. And, um, yeah, this is a fight where, really, I don't know too much about Barros. I've got to be honest. Like, I haven't really watched too much of him. I saw um, I saw Mikey Garcia take him apart and stop him. He's the only man to have stopped him. Mikey Garcia sent him a little bit of advice on our show a few weeks back, and Lee Selby responded to it last week. That was brilliant to do. But, no, Lee Selby, you know, he's he's we're big fans of him here. We've actually been accused of trying to, you know, we've been accused of being too... Too sort of much banging the the Selby drum, so um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna kick back for this one. I'm gonna say yeah, great fight. We wish Lee Selby all the very best. Hopefully, he picks up another win, another defence, and top of the bill, Chris Eubank Jr. 24 and one takes on Arthur Abraham 46 and five. It's a big step up, but I'm not sure if it's at the perfect time. And what I mean by that is. It's a step up on paper. Arthur Abraham's been a world champion. He's been a solid world champion. He's been a very hard man to beat. But his years and his better years are definitely behind him at this stage of his career. But he still puts in good performances. Um, I ask, firstly, I'm going to come over to you. Obviously, it's for the IBO World Super Middleweight title. Chris Eubanks' title. It's on ITV pay-per-view. What's your thoughts on this fight? Is it a good fight or is it not a good fight? It's not worth pay-per-view.
1: i tell you that. We've seen offer Abraham fight, but we know. I think, to be honest, it's the age, in my opinion. Now, obviously, who, who did he fight? Um, Oscar, was it Oscar Valdez? No, sorry, Gilberto Ramirez. He lost yeah. the title to Gilberto Ramirez, okay. And he was meant to fight Martin Murray on the Monaco, uh, the Monaco bill. However, that's been postponed, and now he's fighting Chris Eubank Jr. Obviously, in my opinion, Chris Eubank Jr. is the younger fighter, and I reckon Chris Eubank you, the problem with Chris Eubank Jr. is that, that he doesn't hold he doesn't hold much power. That's the thing. And I reckon with this fight, yeah, it's not really worth pay-per-view. But if I'm going to have to choose a winner, I'm going to have to choose Chris Eubank Jr. on points.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you on the outcome of the fight. I think it's Chris Eubank Jr. on points. I think that Arthur Abraham is very, very tough. I don't see him being stopped. Uh, Chris Eubank, for all his very flashy work and the great... The great uppercuts. I've said it many times. He's got a very exciting style. One of the most exciting styles in British boxing right now. He's very, very fast. He throws uppercuts very viciously. He's got some of the best uppercuts in world boxing. I don't mind sky on record and saying that. But yeah, I think he's—he's—you know—he's obviously going to be very quick. He's going to be a lot quicker in that in that fight. He's going to be on the front foot, I'd imagine, because sometimes Arthur Abraham likes to just sit on the ropes and invite you in, and. Um, one thing what I will just highlight is, is an interesting way to look at it. Chris Eubank Jr. sometimes he gets a little bit lazy and kinda of sits back and admires his work in the second half of the round. Whereas Arthur Abraham, he's been known to come alive in the second half of the round to try and steal the round on the judges, you know, in recent memory you go, Oh, he finished strong. I'll give him that round there. He likes to do that. So that's an interesting element of it, but I don't think that they're gonna allow that to happen to the you know, to the point where Arthur Abraham's going to have a chance of winning on the scorecards. So, um, yeah, you know, Chris Eubank Jr. should get the job done. It's going to be a it's, a... it's a good step up. It's his, it's his hardest fight on paper, really, to date. It's going to be better than the, you know, than the Quinlan. He's definitely got better better credentials than Reynold Quinlan did. So, it's the best fight he's been in, but he could be catching Arthur Abraham at the perfect time. We do want to see a, a bit of a higher step up. Um, a little bit of a, a, a steeper incline in terms of fights, but... No, you know, it's a good fight. I'm not really complaining with it. I don't think it's pay per view worthy, especially the price of the pay per view this time around. And there's only five fights on the bill. There surely must be more getting added, but I've only seen five fights on the bill. So, you know, that's not really enough for a pay per view uh, card, especially if it's not like, you know, only Joshua could probably get away with that, having five or four fights on the undercard and a big Joshua fight. So, yeah, it is what it is, but we wish Chris Eubank Jr. all the very best. 24-1 his record, hopefully 25-1 next week. Moving over now to the Forum in Inglewood, California, USA. couple fights to mention on this, Bill. Going to start with the undercard. Joe Smith Jr., 23-1. A man that was a real contender for Fighter of the Year last year. He had a fantastic 2016. He takes on Sullivan Barrera, 19-1, and 1, the Cuban. Now, Joe Smith Jr., you know he had some fantastic results last year, but this could be a step too far. Sullivan Barrera is very good. He's obviously he's only lost come to Andre Ward, but aside from that, he's looked brilliant, and ever since then he's looked really, really good. So this could be a step too far. But I tell you what, if Joe Smith Jr. gets the win here, it's for the WBC International Light Heavyweight Title. If Joe Smith Jr. gets the win. Forget about fighter of the year. I'm going to give him the reward for fighter of the last 18 months. Because that will be phenomenal. We're all behind Joe Smith Jr. But this is a really, really good fight. It's a really, really, really good fight. It's one of those ones where it's like fringe world level guys. Both getting in the ring. And honestly, this is one of the, this is like one of the, probably the best fight in terms of the whole weekend. 50-50 fights. This is it. This is going to be really good. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Also, for the WBA Super World Super Featherweight title, Jezreel Corrales, the champion, puts his belt on the line against Robinson Castellanos. 24-12. 24-12. and 12. Bit of a poor record, but he's been in there with some good fighters. Jez Rook 21 21-1 should be a good fight. And the main event, Miguel Burchelt, 31-1, takes on Takashi Moura, 31-3, with two draws. Similar records. It's for the WBC World Super Featherweight title. Miguel Burchelt being the champion. Both men have fought Francisco Vargas. Both men were in good fights against Francisco Vargas. These guys really... Um, You could say uh, Probably the three most uh, How can I put it The three most exciting guys In the division They're just like a step down From Lomachenko's level We know that Lomachenko, obviously, being the WBO Super Featherweight Champion, he's the man at the top of this division, but those three guys there, Francisco Vargas, Miguel Burchell, Takashi Mura, these guys are the step-down, but they're very exciting. It's like a trio of talent between those three. They all make for good fights. Uh, Takashi Mura lost to Francisco Vargas. Miguel Burchell beat Francisco Vargas, but no, there's some fantastic fights that can be made at Super Featherweight. It's really booming at the moment. Should be a great card there in California. Moving over now to the Nassau Coliseum. Top of the bill, a man that we spoke to earlier, Omar Figueroa. He takes on Robert Guerrero, 33-5 with one draw. Omar Figueroa 26-0 with one draw. It's a 10-rounder at welterweight. It's going to be interesting to see how Omar Figueroa looks at 147. Obviously, as I mentioned, Robert Guerrero's been there for quite a while now. He's a bit of a warrior. Omar Figueroa has been out the ring for a long time. It's a very tough fight to come back to. I just hope that Omar Figueroa is not going to be overlooking him because this could be You know, this could be a real war. And a war that he's not ready for. So, again, a really, really good fight. One that I'm going to be watching with a keen eye. Also on that bill, Marcus Brown, 19-0. He looks to move to 20-0. He's in a 10-rounder, a light heavyweight against Shawnee Monaghan. A man that was in the talks for some sort of fight against Adonis Stevenson a while back. Until that fight ended up falling through. So, that should be a decent fight. Marcus Brown, obviously, an Olympian. You know, a good fighter on the up. He's been making a lot of noise. He's been calling out Bellew actually. Um, even though he's at light heavyweight for this one but um, yeah, an exciting fighter and Sean Monaghan with the big long record 28-0, he puts it all on the line here, both men undefeated there's a few undefeated versus undefeated fights this weekend and this is one to really look forward to, also on the Bill, friend of the show, Arta Spilka 20-2, and 2. he takes on Adam Kownacki, 15-0 both men natives from Poland Kownacki, if I'm not mistaken living in the USA uh, it's a 10 rounder at heavyweight, we wish Arta to spill all the very best. He's obviously mixed it at the better level, got the better wins, got the uh, the better resume, but Kalnaki doesn't know how to lose. He's undefeated in 15, so it should be a really good fight there, especially for the Polish fans in New York, USA, this one. Um, also on the bill, I will just mention the brother of Omar Figueroa. I touched on it earlier when we spoke to Omar, um, Brandon Figueroa. He's on the bill. His record, 12-0. and His opponent yet to be announced. That's an eight-rounder, that one. And, um... Jamal James a guy that I don't know too much about he's record 20 and 1 he's in a 10 rounder at welterweight against Jojo Dan 36 and 4 so um yeah, that might be one to avoid. We're not huge fans of Jojo Dan over here. And finally, the final bill to mention of the preview part of the show. It's actually happening next Tuesday. Okay, so again, it's the same situation as one of the cards last week. I can't remember which card it was now. It was um, that one in Tokyo, actually. That was the one. It was a fight where basically it wasn't happening on the weekend, but it was going to be happening on the Monday or on the Tuesday. This fight's happening next Tuesday. So it's going to be Tuesday the 18th. Um, we would by the time we'd done the next show, the fight would have happened, so there's no point mentioning it on next show we 're going to talk about the result on next week's show. But, um, yeah, a couple of fights to mention on the bill, really. Miguel Flores, 21-1. He takes on Chris Avalos, 26-5. By the way, this is at the Rapids Coliseum in Alexandria, Louisiana, USA. And also on the bill, the real reason that I mention this bill is the heavyweight champion, well, the former heavyweight champion, Charles Martin, 24-1 with one draw. He takes on Michael Marone, 21-7. Uh, so he makes a return to the ring. He's he's had a couple little fights on these Tuesday nights, uh, these Tuesday night fight nights, which again have been against nobody of note. But he's trying to get back in the picture. He's sending a few videos out here and there, looking a bit wild as well. And also Edwin Rodriguez, twenty eight and two, he takes on Giovanni Javier Gomez, seventeen and fourteen. An honourable mention there too. Edwin Rodriguez, a man that has underachieved a little bit I suppose 28-2, and two. he's in an 8 rounder at cruise as well so should be a good night of fights even next Tuesday especially this weekend coming but even next Tuesday as well ok that's it for the preview we've done the news we've done the reviews, we spoke to both guests earlier, it's now time for the third and final guest ladies and gentlemen please welcome the current WBO heavyweight world champion Mr. Joseph Parker Joseph welcome to the show
4: hey thanks for having me on
2: Hey, it's always a pleasure, Joe. It always is my pleasure. So, Joe, I was actually shocked because when I checked when we last spoke on this show, it was just before you became champion. The last time you were on, I actually ended the interview by saying, "Hopefully, Joe, next time we speak, I'll be talking to the new WBO heavyweight champion of the world." And here we are.
4: Yeah, here we are again. I mean, yeah, it was a while ago, but um, since then I was able to achieve um, being champion of the world, and it's been uh, it's been a great journey so far.
2: Yeah it certainly has And Joseph What are you making Of the UK so far I was obviously With you on Saturday night And I kept seeing Crowds of people Stopping you for photos How well have you been Received by the British public
4: I mean we've been Received very well And we're pretty um, It's just great to see The support that we're Getting here Um, I'm enjoying myself so far You know checking out Different gyms and, and Hotels that we're able to stay in Once we're here again For the flight And Loving mean, the weather, it's nice and warm. So um, I'm just making the most of my time here before I head back to Vegas to start training for the next for the next flight.
2: And obviously, whilst you were here, you've spent a little bit of time with David Hay. I know that you bumped into him quite randomly. How how was all that? You know, what did you guys get up to? If you can talk about that.
4: Yeah, we bumped into him and then um, we made plans to to catch up. Um, it was just great to sort of uh, see where he trains and what he does for his training, and uh, just showing us different things that we I uh, haven't really seen before. So it's um it's great to have him on, on side and he said he'll be there to help us with anything that we need but once we're back. So it's um you know, big, big thanks to him for looking after our team while we're here.
2: And Joseph, um really quickly just before we get into what's next for you, the Andy Ruiz Jr fight for the vacant world title was a really really good fight. I remember watching that. You've obviously defended the belt just the once so far and that was against um Kajanu. Just a quick note on both of those fights, Joseph. What did you make of those two fights there?
4: Um what the you no know, the Ruiz fight obviously was a was a very hard fight. I mean, Ruiz can't prepare we we're both pretty hungry to get that world title, so it was a good competition um Ruiz is probably one of the probably one of the hardest fighters i've fought in terms of speed um boxing skill and just that you know, he was uh, he hit pretty hard um with the Kojani fight it was a good first defense it was supposed to be against fury, but um, they pulled out all because of injury, so it was good just to get to get in there and keep Keep learning, keep moving around, and, and just, uh, you know, just gaining a, a ring experience. And it was good just to keep it win. Obviously, it wasn't the best performance, but I think there's a lot of improvements to be done. And once I'm back, I show, I'll show uh, that I could do a lot better than what I did with that fight.
2: So on to the next one Joseph. You missed Huey Fury's exhibition fight on Saturday but that didn't really matter. You were there to announce the fight between um, the pair of you and this is going to be your second world title defence. It's happening in Manchester this time around. It's finally been rescheduled for September the 23rd. Firstly, why is the fight now happening in the UK Joseph? I was always a little bit sceptical of the fight happening in New Zealand to begin with. Why is it now happening in the UK?
4: Well, I mean, what's the fight, um, it would be held when when Fury first pulled out. You know, we, we were, I think, a good credit to my team for, for getting in a last-minute opponent, which was um, a big, big thanks to them, so I was able to get in the ring. And, uh, we're training hard, so it was good to get in there and just keep moving around, like I said, get more experience. But um, now it's time for us to move in. I love the crowd in New Zealand. I love the you know, fight of everyone back home, and I love the setup we had, but it's time to, to move here and fight here. UK, this is where the heavyweights are at at the moment, so I think it's time for us to come here and, and be a part of it, but also hopefully we can put on a great you know, performance and a great display and show you what we're made of.
2: And what do you make of Huey Fury as a fighter, Joseph?
4: Oh, I have a lot of respect for Huey and, and the team that he has, you know, the, his coach, Peter Fury, is a great coach who took Tyson to, uh, to the World Championship and, and helped them beat you Neverland know, and the who dominated for a long time. I, uh, the, the way that I see Hughie fighting is that he, he's got a lot of movement, um, he, he's got an awkward defensive style, so I'm, I'm looking forward to actually testing myself against what he brings to doing.
2: And you guys met the other day, um, obviously, you looked to get on pretty well, to be honest, you and Hughie, you look like um, good friends in, in, some parts, in, in some parts of the night, but since then he made a comment, I don't know if you saw it, he said he looked into your eyes and saw a scared man. Do you have any reaction to those words there? No, you can't
4: really see a scared man um, through their eyes, to be honest. Um, when I see every opponent that I get in the ring with, I respect it. I respect you know jumps jumps around because boxing is a hard sport. But um, there's no fear in my eyes. My, the, the, the things that I have, well, the thing I know that I have in my eyes is de- determination to go in there and put in a great performance and knock them out. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I want to do. But um, with fear in my eyes, I don't think fear is fear has gone a long, long time ago. There's no fear whatsoever.
2: Well said, well said. And also, since we last spoke, Joshua took on Klitschko in what was one of the most entertaining heavyweight fights in recent years. What did you make of that one?
4: It was a heavyweight of Klitschko and Joshua. I think Klitschko hasn't been in an exciting fight like that for a long time. And um, it was great for Joshua to come back after being dropped and, and beat Klitschko, who's very really experienced and who dominated for a very really long time.
2: And... Just we're just wrapping this 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 up, Joseph. Uh, last couple of questions now. So you're obviously still in the UK at the moment. When will camp start for, for this fight here in the UK against Huey Fury? When will, when so, will camp start?
4: We're off to Manchester. the no? I moment we've got a press conference. Um, we fly back to Vegas tomorrow, where we start our eight-week training camp, and then we'll probably be here in the, in the UK two weeks before the fight to uh you are used to you know, just the time zone here. Yeah. So I've seen weeks can't be looking to it. and I think um, I might just all in great shape and look to
2: dominate. And Joseph, one thing that that I wanted to ask you, I know that in your spare time, did you, you still play the guitar? Yeah, I still, still play the guitar.
4: still play the guitar, and I think it's important to have these things just to focus on know, sports we You focus on it, but I mean, in your spare time, it's good really just to relax and then do something else, something different.
2: I think, Joseph, one time they need to strap some, some some prods to the front of your gloves and you should walk out playing the guitar in a ring walk, definitely.
4: I think one day I shall do that, but um, at the meantime, I'll just focus on uh, you know, doing what I have to do, and that's the box and box smart. Of course, my friend, of course.
2: Right, just before we let you go, Joseph, anything you want to tell our listeners, anything at all?
4: No, I just want to say thanks, everyone for the great support. Looking forward to the great camp. Looking forward to being back here and, and um, you know, putting on a great great show I want everyone to tune in and see a great uh, performance by me and Huey and it will be it'll be a great night of fun absolutely uh, thank you for always uh, looking looking out thanks for your time
2: absolutely my friend listen Joseph it's always a pleasure speaking with you have a safe flight back home best of luck and we'll speak again very soon
4: thanks Joe appreciate it
2: Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 91 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. as summer has been as Sumra. A big thank you to our three guests on this week's podcast. The former lightweight world champion, Omar Figueroa. The current heavyweight world champion, Joseph Parker. And the new WBO European champion, Mr. Anthony Yard. Once again, the biggest thanks of all goes out to the listeners that we get each and every week. Enjoy your weekends. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next next week